0: Snuff production, share, market, the s and the ISX, Stop. This is the Motley Fool Money Mailbag.
1: Welcome to Motley Fool Money, our very special Sunday Mailbag edition. I am here with Andrew Page from strawman.com. I am Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool, and it is wonderful to be in your ears on this Sunday morning or whenever you're listening to this podcast subsequently. We try and get it out early Sunday, so those who apparently... Uh, Andrew you and I obviously are among them Who are out being active going for runs At this time of the morning on Sunday <laughs> We want to make sure our, our fellow runners Our fellow exercise junkies uh, ha- Have something to listen to while they're exercising That's the story isn't it? Uh,
0: yeah absolutely I, In fact I've already been to the gym And now I'm on the run So it's sort of you know <laughs> it's a sort I'll of, go it's get a sort my of... kale juice in a moment And the morning will be uh, Kale you juice know, done that and thing?
1: I don't know <laughs> Football <laughs> players were drinking pickle juice for a while Did you see that trend for a bit? Uh, I remember the wheatgrass. Trend. Oh, I I, I got a complete guilty to that. I was in Melbourne when uh, <laughs> when they had a wheatgrass thing. And I was I was I get home from work. I go via the boost juice, get my wheatgrass, and go home. And felt like I was doing something. I'm sure it was absolutely nothing.
0: Do you know what, you know the thing with wheatgrass? It tasted exactly like grass. Yeah, like, literally like you've just mowed the lawn and blended a, it up. There's a
1: reason the little cups of it were so small. It was like you couldn't actually drink any more than that. It was just enough to kind of go. That's awful, but I can convince myself I'm doing something good. Yeah, no, I got I got absolutely taken for a ride on that one.
0: Like, every now and again, this is maybe we can draw a line between these kinds of things and investing. In, <laughs> oh, in let's sense.
1: try. i a very big gap to do.
0: <laughs> well, just the the, the fattish nature yeah. of things. Yeah. Like there is always something that comes. Actually, a bit of an extension of the rant from from Friday, right? So there's always <laughs> the new. Like again, like when it comes to health and and exercise, it's not too complicated. Just watch the sugar, That's true. And try and now. move around a little bit. But you know, there's always. There's always the next thing, you know, and I think it's the person who just keeps it simple and keeps it consistent. It's going to live, outlive all of us type thing. And, and, yeah. and my point here is to draw it back to something relevant is again, you know, same with investing. <laughs> Keep yep. it simple, be consistent, and you'll do far better than whoever's jumping on the latest thing, which by the way, my prediction is of course, AI is the
1: next oh, bubble that, that we will 100%. have. 100%. You 100%. Know? I... Um- yeah, I, I, have, I have no doubt it the next big thing. And even even if it is, a th- it would be a thing like the internet was a thing. Oh, yeah. But if you go back to 1999, look at every dot-com company, there's going to be the internet company. I think yep. Amazon, Microsoft, probably the only two that even maybe even survived, let alone have thrived over that period of time. It wasn't the internet itself, it wasn't revolutionary. Just the idea of like, hey, whack this. Every company was renaming us or something.com because that yep. was cool. Yeah. Um, the, the, the fads absolutely take hold you kind of mentioned again back to friday but berkshire and not having my own shares uh and not having a, an investor relations department all the all the investor relations flacks gotta love them some are listening so thank you for listening guys um but when you're trying to pump up a company's share price on the back of some cool new fad thing and then you wonder why it falls subsequently because things get back to actually being based on little things called profits um mm. it's no surprise right there is just that story of what you actually need to do um so many hypey companies that you know people are sure will go to the moon and then maybe do for a little while and then mm. come crashing horribly back to earth uh i would mention brain chip here but i won't because that would be both unfair and also get me flamed on social media so for the brain chip fans anyway. out there <laughs> <laughs> um you know and it's not also these companies can't be something at some point it's absolutely not it's just saying you know what when your when your share price relies on hope and hype and something in between Yep. You're always going to be super volatile until you actually start delivering. It doesn't mean yep. that companies can't do well. It doesn't mean you can't make some money. I mean, geez, Amazon was on a million times profit for a while because, you know, people sort of, well, there's no profit yet. Maybe it's coming, maybe it's not. I own Amazon shares. Um, you know, so I'm not, I'm not saying you can't do it or shouldn't. I'm just saying just, you know, just be a little bit, frankly, with your own investing, not even with other people, just be a little bit humble. Just realize that if you're paying a squillion times for something, the chances of it going well are actually pretty low. And maybe you get, yeah. maybe you get one right, which is fine. But yeah. don't don't delude yourself into thinking that every every one of those stories is going to play out because they just statistically are just not going to. And frankly, if you you know if, if you expect anything else, you're just asking for trouble, aren't you? Uh, look, and can I
0: clarify something? I, I don't think I think you. Well, struggle to find someone who's more full of hopium when it comes to <laughs> AI. Like I am so bullish on it, on the technology, right? I, I'm, I'm one of these people who think it's sort of like a once in a civilization kind of invention. And that it, there's, they, there's, there's, there's something there that is, that is very real. Um, it's just that at the same time, there'll be a lot of people who want to sort of uh, arbitrage the hype, on on that, oh totally. It's, it's the same with the internet, right? Like everything that every I was there at the time, <laughs> yeah, that old. I remember everything that everyone <laughs> said about the internet was true. Yes. It yes. would disrupt entire industries, you know. Yes. It yes. The, the the biggest companies in. I remember people in the '90s saying the biggest companies in the world in 30 years' time are all going uh, to be tech companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, nailed it. A- yep. Absolutely. You know, it will destroy traditional media. Uh, yep, yeah, pretty much. Um, it, it will revolutionise retail. Uh, yep, yeah, that's true. Like everything was true. Mm. But but two things happen. One is is that like well, not everyone's going to be a success. In fact, it's going to be the exception yeah. to the rule. And even yep. those that are the success. Are going to take a long time to grow into that mm-hmm. potential. Yep. So, they, um, Microsoft is a classic example. Mm-hmm. It is one of the rare ones that prospered. But if you bought in 2000, I think it was, geez, I forget now, but I think it was like 13 years before you broke even mm-hmm. because, because the valuation was so extreme. Um, so, anyway, so there's, 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 I don't know how we got on onto all of that, but it's just, Oh, oh! I will say one more thing. So it, it's strong. <laughs> one of the things that we do is that we, we connect our members with CEOs all the time. So we do mm-hmm. CEO meetings. Rah, rah, rah. And um, there's been a few that have been doing AI for a little bit now okay. um, before it was cool.
1: Doing AI. Or, okay. I was going to say doing AI and doing AI are two different things, right?
0: Well, <laughs> there, is, this is- there is
1: Doing AI and there is saying you're doing AI. Go on.
0: So they, they, they well, here's the, here's a, a little bit of, um, mm-hmm. Nuance here. So what I was very skeptical at first for some of these companies is because yep. you're like, come on, are you really going to compete against these mm-hmm. Silicon Valley mm-hmm. giants? And it was like, well, no, we're not. We're not building the models, but we are using them on our proprietary data sets. And you go, oh, okay, that is interesting, That's, and that is different. And you're you've mm-hmm. you've got you've got you're using you're using a tool to extract more value from what you do own and that that's that's interesting and that's different right, right. Um, but i can tell you lately i think almost all of the companies that we've spoken to they, they, there is now a slide in there that has an ai element oh, God, to it
1: you know and it's like guys oh, go that's and it's what, not that it- red flags so like if you're trying to help yeah. me believe that and you're trying to sell me something right
0: yeah i just i just feel as though it's un and it's not that it's untrue like so like yeah, there is exactly. it is it is a fair comment to say that every company in the world uses the internet today i can't think it's of anyone that, even a hairdresser <laughs> when i say even i mean in the sense that you're gonna use it for your, for your bookings Could or for you yeah, have yeah, a you're yeah, gonna have yeah. a a, a home yep. for your yep. yep for your company uh, your business Could and and, that, and that's fine but you're not an it company right? right and so there are plenty of people who are using ChatGPT, <laughs> but you're not an ai company right and i've i have had a few um, after we've sort of done these meetings a, a few CEIs going oh what can i do to increase awareness and my my straightforward answer is always well stop again apologies to any listening but stop listening to the investor relations people right yeah, like totally. you know they they, they they how about you deliver consistent rising earnings that that there is no example in the history of the world where a company has done that and not eventually been noticed. It may have taken longer than, than management would have liked, um, and it can be a very frustrating rise. But you, I again, point to me an example of a company which has consistently and significantly increased its real cash earnings over time, and that has not resulted in a higher share price. You will not
1: find an example. Like, it's it's it just doesn't happen. Um, and that's why I'm going to j- just show me, It's we talk about investor relations flax. It, I mean, you know. who's bread i eat his song i sing right the companies that are paying people to do this stuff it's it's i'm gonna go right back to the source right well it's a waste of money if you are look there are some great investor relations people who are like hey let me tell you about this company can i introduce you to this company can i can i tell you the story you know i'm here to help these companies communicate better with shareholders that's what good investor relations does Uh, sorry you're right when when the company goes towards investor relations flexes hey how can we get the share price up or how can we get more liquidity for my stock or whatever else it is um, I saw a great tweet. I think it might have been Ian Castle uh, on Twitter. Uh, who oh, we're speaking said, to him, by the way. Just hey, a quick no, shout said,
0: out. He's coming to speak to our members next month.
1: Awesome. Yeah, anyway. Uh, who basically said, stop trying to get more liquidity for my stock. Start getting your earnings up. Yes. He said more pithily than that. But it was exactly, it was like, you know, I, who cares about it? Like, just show me the results. You know, if, I- you're, if you're literally in the, in the business of, here's my here's my counter indicator for, for, for investors. If a company is spending more time telling you about the total addressable market and the fancy stuff about their staff and using more buzzwords. The more buzzwords they use, the less interested you should be by mm-hmm. definition, literally mm-hmm. by definition. I mm-hmm. would happily set up a, a managed fund, which literally just did exactly that. The less <laughs> AI, the more money I'd put into it, and the more AI, the less money i put into it. I reckon that alone would be soundly market-beating over an extended period of time.
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent. And you know, and here's the irony of ironies, right? It doesn't work anyway. So when you, when when let's say that you are um, uh, one of these people and you you manage to get a very sexy story out and and everyone piles into the stock. Well, what? you I've I've often said to to management, you get the shareholders you deserve. Yeah. And so what you do when you when you talk about these very hypey things, you get all the hot money, you get all the mm-hmm. punters. And they are fair weather friends. And they will drop you like a hot potato the second <laughs> that there is anything that is slightly yep. disappointing. Yep. They will run for the hills. And so, so even when you're successful, you're not. So the share price rallies up. Everyone looks around. Oh, you haven't changed the paradigm. And, you know, it's been six months. I'm out. And it comes mm-hmm. all the way back down. And you're, you're back to where you started after yeah. all that. And now everyone looks at you with great skepticism. It's like, oh, what's something like? It was a pump and dump or rah, rah, rah. And it actually, it's counterproductive. Now the one exception to the rule would be we need to raise some money. We'd love to raise it at a much higher price, pump it up. We'll raise at the top, and which is which is again highly cynical and something you could run a run a (laughs) a counter fund on as well. So it's just I guess I guess my my point is um, IR people, please tell the story. Mm -hmm. Please, uh, that is that is absolutely the right thing to do. But uh, yeah, keep it keep it grounded, (laughs) and 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 just just deliver. In terms of the cash flow and you will mm-hmm. you will absolutely get your reward for that eventually. It's crazy,
1: isn't it? Just crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's answer let's, some questions. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say let's let's go to that. Before I do that, mate, this straw man thing. What what was it again? <laughs> um, see maybe
0: I need a maybe I need an investor relations nah, team. You
1: do. If you did, I'd know, right?
0: <laughs> you would, exactly. There you go. Uh, we're an online private investment club. Hey, I can, enough, I, can I can say this now. Uh, we are re- <laughs> we only open twice a year. Oh, nice. uh, yeah, so we, by the time, when's this coming out Sunday? Yeah, yep. we're going to open up this coming week. So if you're interested, you go to go. strawman.com, put your name on the wait list, and we'll send you some material.
1: Beautiful. Uh, I've said many, many, many times. The Motley Fool and Strawman are the two best investment businesses on the entire internet, oh. swing of internet businesses. Um, uh, that may or may not be technically true, but in my opinion, it's true, and that's okay. That gets me away from the uh, legal issues. Uh, but <laughs> just check, check out strawman.com. Of course, go to phil.com.au. Absolutely. Uh, I am very sure you'll be a much better informed, more thoughtful investor as a result. Strawman.com. Check that out this week, because Ram is letting you inside the doors if you want to have a look. I'll do a plug next week, but I'll give you this one. Hey, um, let's, let's go ahead to a qu- our questions. As you said, just for something different is where what are we now 12 minutes in that's not bad (laughs) Um, (laughs) for a mailbag episode um let's let's talk to uh let's talk to a, a question from Lockie, who says g'day scott and ram the general consensus is that interest rates will eventually go back to average but why does the world seem to assume that that will be a three to five year average rather than a 25 to 50 year average Would you agree, asked Lockheed, with the statement that, quote, inflation and or interest rates will continue to rise until the point where we have a significant increase of deflationary factors, such as meaningful productivity increase or a new thriving export market, close brackets. If that was possibly true, that the effects of AI and India, for random examples, were not to be realized for another decade or two, do you think it's likely for the RBA to, as slowly as the average house price can bear, move rates back to 15 to 20% like they have historically been. Mm. Thanks from Lockie. Um so much in that question about let's do the last one first. What do you reckon the let let's let's do I'm going to make you just speculate wildly here. 20 years, 2043, what will the average interest rate have been over the last 20 years? Oh my goodness.
0: I can't possibly. I just it's too impossible. <laughs> it's like saying on the 3rd of September 2033 What's the weather going to be like? i like, you, you can't know, right? Um, I will, but, but you have but. asked. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, so if I'm right, I'll say I was right. If I was wrong, I'll say, well, I did say it was a wild guess. Um, I suspect whatever it is, the average will be lower than what it has been over longer time frames. And I the feel is as lower though than
1: what has been a long time. Okay, okay. So the old, we won't go back to the old normal. We'll go back to something less than the the old normal.
0: Yeah, it'll be a new normal, <laughs> which is always a worry when you say those <laughs> words. Exactly. And I think my my my, my argument there would be couched mm. in mathematics in the sense that the debt loads are so much more substantial these days. So in the you know back in the eighties nineties, you had to lift rates much higher to have the same mm. desired out, outcome because debt levels weren't as high. Now when, you know, imagine, look, just look at your, look at a very simple example. You've got a mortgage, you've got to mil- keep the numbers around. You've got a million dollar house and you've got a $100,000 mortgage uh-huh. and interest rates go from 3% to 6%. Like it sucks, yeah. but you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Uh-huh. Now let's say you've got a million dollar house and you've got a $900,000 mortgage. Now to, to, to feel, Uh, an interest rate rise, you don't need to increase it that much. In fact, you could increase it by a quarter of a percent. You're really going to notice that the difference there. So I suspect for those reasons, we will see a lower
1: average. Fascinating. I think that's probably right in my view, mate. I think that's probably the best way to think about what it'll be. I do think – and I think what's probably worth mentioning is – um, uh, just a Lockheed's point, it's worth just kind of not fact-checking directly, but thinking about historical interest rates. So I've just literally grabbed up the government bond yield, which is the closest you'll get to an official cash rate uh, for, for an extended period of time. I mean, the RBA was only kind of officially um, independent, or not independent, but, but functionally independent uh, for the last 30 or so years. Uh, the dollar was only floated back in 1993. So these are really, really difficult things to kind of do meaningfully and i guess Lockie, my that'd be my first uh, part of the answer almost not, not to ram's point actually not even slightly part of ram's point except that you gotta look at why the future will be different to the past and part of that is the long run rates represent a very 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 different world as much as things like i think for example historical returns on shares are likely to be close to the future over any extended period of time because markets are markets companies are companies and business, people are people uh Governments aren't governments, and, and rates aren't rates, right? And so you've got to be a little bit careful. I'm just pulling up some numbers here. Over the 50-year over the period, or 53 years, from July 1970 uh, to the middle of this year, um, the government bond yield, which I'm just using as, as a starting point, it started off about 7%. It got up to about 16% in the early 80s, and um, peaked again in you know, the mid-90s at 10%. percent has been kind of below that since. So you can kind of say, well, what's the long-run rate? I guess it's fair to say from 70 to about 95, the average is probably close to about 10%. Mm. Uh, since then from 95 through to 2023 the average is probably closer to five percent maybe a touch under but again probably meaningfully pushed down by the most recent couple of years so i don't know you know what what is what is the what is the old average Uh, what is the long-run average i don't know it's necessarily possible there's no sense either by the way that it's fluctuated around a single point or a given a given point to to enough confidence to say obviously that's now indicative of something we might go back to so I, i guess i'm I'm going to this time around, so I don't know that we can necessarily apply or imply that'll be the case. I think the other thing I'll say, almost to Ram's point directly, which is rates are largely a balancing item um, based on central banks' desire to make new influence economies. And Ram's ranted about, you know, what is an economy? It's just a a combination of lots of different individual transactions. That's true. Can they tell exactly what the rate should be? Probably not. I made the argument, I think it's still true, that directionally is that they're trying to either um, uh, stimulate or contract an economy. That's kind of what, you know, the actual numbers aren't overly relevant, except that to Ram's point, when you've already got a lot of debt, you don't have to do as much to contract an economy and rates can't go that high. Equally, if, if, frankly, if debt came down, I think rates would end up being higher because, again, central banks need to push harder to have the impact they're trying to have. Again, for exactly the reason that Rams talked about, it's a function mm-hmm. of the size of the debt and the proportion of repayments that represent income, or oh, sorry, proportion Rep- of income that represent the repayments. So I think it's kind of that, mate. Um, do I think they'll increase rates until we have some deflationary factors? Not really, no. Um, lack of inflation will be enough. Uh, would deflation help that yeah absolutely so you know would we if all of a sudden ai took over and, and everything was half the price then yes that would help because inflation would disappear more quickly so they'd have less to do so any deflationary factors would absolutely help the overall inflation number um which kind of is mathematically always true of course but just for those listening and trying to think that through if if something's going up to five percent other things are going down at five percent then overall you're going to have some inflation somewhere less than five percent so it's kind of you know deflation helps mm. i don't think it's necessary um I think it is true that inflation has been helped over 30 years by what they call imported deflation so think about the continued fall of the price of tvs computers um, even cars the price hasn't actually gone down but you could buy a camry today probably for the same price my wife bought her camry in 1998. um it's probably about the same price now at the same time wages have gone up so it's cheaper in in real terms and by the way the technology is stupidly better um, hers had safer, you know, more right, efficient Hers had analog, or I think it was digital radio But wind-up windows, no ABS breaking uh, You know, the aircon was no okay air No airbags Right, exactly mm, And so yeah. the quality of that is, has also increased So uh, you, you raise a really good question, mate um, The Rates are not going to get back to 15-20% I don't think ever Other than maybe to spike Like they did in the early 90s If the RBA really needs to push hard But to have that impact these days They don't need to go to 17 They need to go to 6 or 7 you know, that because of so much more debt. So I don't think it's necessary. Um, I guess I also don't know what I would do with the information if I knew it was true. I guess it's the other thing I'd say. If you're borrowing Oh, I know a what i do. And, well, if you're borrowing a house and your rates are going to be 15%, you wouldn't. So that that's easy. Um, as an investor, what would I do differently? I, 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 don't, I don't know. Um, it I do. Changes the- Go
0: on. Can I have a go? I wouldn't yeah. do anything differently. And this, this is, we were talking about Berkshire <laughs> That's before, That's right? Go and on. and and Warren <laughs> has famously sort of said, well, you've got to again, it's yep. very easy to sort of misconstrue his words, but he's basically <laughs> sort of said not the macro isn't important. It's super important. I mean, by yeah. definition, it's important. It's sort of like the, the the highest level lens you can have on this thing we call the economy, which involves all of us and our standards of living and how hard we have to work. It's really important. It's really massively yeah. important. Yeah. But it's just, it's just unknowable. But yeah. he's always sort of made the point that it's just like, well, whether the future is more difficult or much easier, it's always going to be the companies that have sustainable competitive advantages, mm-hmm. high rates of, of um, internal return on on cash flows. They're the ones that you're going to want, right? So right, right, right. I love talking about macro. I've got I am not short of an opinion, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I know I know in my heart of hearts that the, my opinion's going to be wrong because mm. like macro is there to make all of us look stupid. Like you can't you can't predict it. But at the same time, I feel as though I'm just going to keep coming back to the same. The, yeah. So what is well, I guess I'll try and find really good companies that are going to compound earnings at very high rates for as long as I like, <laughs> like,
1: you know, the same, the same. The price. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, sorry, anyway. I think that's, uh, yeah, and I thought, yeah, you, you cheated. I said, enough, I do anything differently. He said, I know, but I do differently nothing. <laughs> that's the same thing. <laughs> I'll let you get away with it, mate, because I'm that sort of bloke. I will to mention it on air. Sorry, just a um, bit. Uh, the, the great question, Lockyer. I like a lot. Hey, um, Anthony has one. Um, hi, Scott. Firstly, I love the podcast. Secondly, I hope this question finds you well. I've been a long-time listener and successfully dollar cost averaged my way to close to $200,000 in ASX blue chip shares. Well done, mate. Oh, that's hats a, off. That is a just great result. Yep. yep. Question. I've read all the books. Not read all the books, Anthony, but I read a lot of the books. I've read all the books, he says, and I know that all I have to do is continue what I'm doing and I'll be able to retire comfortably in 25 years. He says, I'm 35 in brackets. Bastard. My question is, how do you not get distracted and stay the course? I'm conscious there are so many distractions, e.g. Bitcoin, AI, 10 bag of small caps, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think this is a really, really good question, man. We touched on this a little bit on Friday about the, you know, Buffett's really, you know, the, the, the key superpower he has is just not, to Anthony's point, is being the person Anthony is trying to be, right? Just being able to leave enough alone. Um, but let's, let's try and be a little bit practical, mate, uh, to the extent we can, how do you help Anthony? How, how do we? He's doing really well. He's like, I can. I, I've done really well. I know I've done well, but I'm kind of a bit worried here because I could possibly screw this up if I just if I don't stay disciplined. How does how does he keep that discipline in your mind?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard, isn't it? Like, I'd love to yeah. say it's I oh, just just keep doing it. Well, I mean, that's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep doing it, right? right? But like how? You, you, like,
1: what, how do you stop yourself being distracted you, or dissuaded or or pulled in different directions?
0: I think forewarned is forearmed, or at least internal, like thinking ahead knowing that over, what do you say, 25 years, right? Yep. There's going to be all kinds of bear markets in there. There's going to be some nasty <laughs> yeah. recessions in there. Yeah. Like just statistically, it's like I it's, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd bet my left arm that we're going to have some brutally crushing recession or another pandemic or mm-hmm. maybe aliens are going to land. Who knows, right? Like it's just going to something, things are going to go pear-shaped for for a, a little bit, hopefully for a little bit. Otherwise, it's, all, it's all a moot point anyway, right? So um, I think internalizing that, knowing that you can't, mm-hmm. Predict it, you can't dodge it. Um, but also know that the mathematics. There is very few free kicks in investing. One of them is diversification to a point, yep. Yep. and the other is is what's been mentioned, which is dollar cost averaging. Yeah, it's a free kick, and and if you just continue to do it in the good times and the bad times, and just make that commitment, whether you set like a little reminder on your Gmail or whatever it is. Oh, it's the first of the month. I put X in. And maybe mm-hmm. I've, I commit that every time, uh, hopefully over my, my career, my, my pay goes up, you know, I get the odd pay rise, you know, I'm, I'm going to lift my regular contribution and that's it. That's all I'm going to do. I'm probably just going to go for a very low cost, broad-based index ETF. As I get more interested and engaged, maybe I'll put a portion of that to more direct stock picking, whatever I want to do, horses for courses, no wrong answers, um, and, 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 And just do that such that it's an automated process almost where I don't think there may be products out there that do it for you automatically, but just that ding. Oh, okay. I've got to do that. Don't think about it. Just do it. Right. And, and if I'll give you some maths here, Mm. 200 grand compounded at one point, uh, compounded at 10% for 25 Mm -hmm. years is Mm $2.2 million. If he doesn't add another cent. He's not adding any money to that. If you add some money to that, like even if it's like a hundred bucks a month or something, I don't know, it'd be like 5 million or something, you know, like you you are fine. And and you might, you could be better if you flipped it all into the latest cryptocurrency or NFT or, you know, maybe, but um, it's a pretty good outcome and you can spend most of your life Raising a family, experiencing this wonderful world, having great experiences and just getting on with it, right? Like it, it, it's a hare and the tortoise. It will almost guarantee to sort of, I can't use the word guaranteed in this game, but as close as you can get to it, that's about a, about
1: as close a guarantee as you can get. You know what I hate is, is because you and I are in these roles, right? People say, oh, I guarantee this won't happen. And they can do they can be absolutely absolute, right? And then we say, well, I think this might happen. They say, Oh, you said might. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not allowed to say anything else. And it would be immoral and and I don't think we'll say anything else either, by the way, but it's just you're kind of you're kind of fighting with one hand tied behind your back. And I don't even mean for our businesses, right? Like our businesses uh, yeah. would we have more members of the Motley Fool if we said if we made guarantees? Probably, yes. Yeah. So you know Oh yeah, 100% it's, it's, you it's would. It's yes, but, yeah. but even more than that, even just purely philosophically. If I if I was if I if I want hundred million dollars tomorrow, I gave this away and was doing this purely as a um, uh, uh, you know, as a what the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, we do it voluntarily for good stuff. Uh, uh, phil- you
0: know, ph- philanthropy,
1: yeah, kind of that idea. Uh, so that's with A. It's another word I'm thinking of. But yes, if I did this, you know, it literally didn't have didn't say like a dollar. I would say exactly the same things. I would still be as uh, oh altruistic. Careful. Thank you, altruistic. I would still be as careful as I am now because it's it's. And I think it to make promises about the future, but it's kind of one of those to be like if the future's done this, like we talked about on Friday. Like why would you why would you why would you bet against? this stuff like just what are you doing mm. um look in terms of an answer i i reckon i think you ask a really really good question mate i think um <sighs> I, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm listening to this on friday and you give me an opening so i'm gonna absolutely rush through for before Andrew shuts me down please for the love of god if you haven't already fools download the vanguard index chart um it is it's new one came out on wednesday of this week on the 9th of august um i wrote about it on my social robot on fool.com.au you can have a look um, it tells you over 30 years that 10 grand become $130,000, right? And so here's what I want. Here's, here's the way I do it, Anthony, is, and by the way, I'm not saying don't pick stocks. I'm not saying don't pick small caps. I, I think you don't, you don't have, I'm not saying you're right to avoid doing those things if you want to, I think you can and you think you can make money doing it. So I'm not saying the only answer is, e, is ETF index investing, right? At all, at all, at all. But what I would say is you look at that result and go, hang on. Every time I tend to do something else, I'm like, this thing, this, this snowball, will roll down the hill if i just let it roll down the hill um what's mungus thing mate about you know not, not interrupting compounding unnecessarily oh yeah the um, first
0: yeah the first rule of compounding don't don't interrupt it
1: there you go so my 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 go-to my my uh holy grail my whatever is to go back to touchstones go back to that and say remember this remember the chart so that that's you know, if, if you want a mantra anthony remember the chart is, is what i would say right so could i maybe possibly make some more money yes do I increase my risk of losing money? Yes. Why would I interrupt the chance to Ram's point? Let, let's assume those numbers are, are achievable. i got 200 grand now. I might have $2.2 million after, was it 25 years, mate? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, so <laughs> you know, it, it, I, I want the 2.2. Now, if if that number was 3 million by doing well or 1 million from doing badly, would you take the risk? Mm. Hell to the no. Mm. Like, you just mm. you just wouldn't, right? Like, mm. you know, if you've got $10, you might, you might d- double or nothing, sure. Knock yourself out. If i had two million dollars and someone said i'll touch a coin you might get three you might get one what do you you want like i'm not i'm not risking that million bucks i'll take the two Mm -hmm. you know i'm on deal or no deal i'm taking the suitcase right um so so just uh, that that's my that's my recommendation to you anthony is just you know don't forget remember the chart remember the chart remember the chart um we can't we can't promise you anything will happen my strong conviction with as much conviction as i'm allowed to offer you is i think long-term investing in a sensibly diversified way, ETF or otherwise, will end up giving you a very, 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 very good result. And what you might, Buffett talks about people, uh, he says they, they, they risk what they have and need for what they don't have and don't need, mm. which is madness. If you're on track to get $2 million, take, imagine someone said, here's a lotto ticket. I guarantee you it's a winning ticket. You'll have it in, in, in 10, 25 years time, this is a $2 million lotto ticket. That's literally mm. what you've got right now. You pay 200 grand to get it, it's not free. But you, you it's Okay, so you got you got the ticket. Someone says, "Hey, tell you what, um, let's take the ticket down the down the casino. And see if you see if you can make more money than that. Risk risk the lotto win because you might get more, or you might get less. But have a, have a go. I don't know. I, I reckon the, the the greed is what gets you to to make that risk I'm not It's not. I don't mean critical when I say greed. It's just human nature, as we've talked about before. Uh, that that'd be my my best advice. I love. Um
0: one of the, there's a lot of things I hate about the share market and all the, <laughs> the grubbiness that's around it. But one yep. of the really special things about it is it really democratizes access yeah. to the things that in a bygone era it was only the very rich and powerful could do. And you could be oh, on Good point. 50 grand a year, you know, but if you can scrape together a little bit of money and once a year you buy $500 worth of stock, you can own a part of the mm-hmm. biggest, most profitable companies in the world, whether that Berkshire or Apple or CSL or Cochlear here in Australia, like there's, there's, there's lots of really good things. You can do that and you can do it through an app these days yeah. and you can do it for virtually no brokerage as well. It's just, it's such a powerful thing. And we, we rightly think a lot about money because it is the, you know, the lubricant of, of, um, civilization. Yeah. Um, but when you really go back to first principles, the things that really matter, I mean, they're, they're scarce, right? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're just, there's there's only one Apple. There's only one Berkshire. <laughs> you can't, rep, you or I can't replicate those mm-hmm. things. We just can't, like, or maybe someone could eventually, but it's very, very hard to do. So whatever happens to the economy in the future, whichever way things sort of shape, they will all, people, whatever inflation does, right? People will always value those productive assets mm-hmm. That have the capacity to to deliver products and services that will always be in demand, and they have some pricing power around that. And th- that is that is keep it simple, right? That's what I want to own. What do rich people own? They own that. They own Manhattan real estate and really great companies. That's what they own, you know. And and look, yes, price matters. So don't yep, don't try and catch me into saying that I just recommend <laughs> property, um, <laughs> but. But like that's what matters, right? And and, right. and, and, and you and, and there was a time where you could say that was just mm-hmm. not. At, I can't do that. But now, yes. particularly in Australia, you can. I don't. I don't care what amount of money that you're on. You can save aside a little bit each week, even if it's ten bucks a week. You'll get mm-hmm.
1: you. It, it. Yeah. Anyway, point, mate. We're astonishingly <laughs> astonishingly fortunate. Um, yeah. The, the other thing. The other thing, Alex. Uh, well, last one. Well, last oh, sorry, Alex. Um, uh, uh, Anthony. Sorry, Anthony. I'll move to Alex's question, which is next, um, mm-hmm. is is just the other thing is think about why you're doing it, right? Think about what you want that money for, what you hope to achieve in your life and make that the centerpiece. So I don't know, too many bucks, that's 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 financial freedom, right? That yeah. That's that's I'm done. And if you want to be able to say, I'm not worried about money anymore. So for me personally, I want to have a an income stream from my investments that replaces my work income so that if... I decide I've had enough of this. The Motley Fool says, thanks, Scott. We've had fun, but off you go. We get canceled, as you said, on Friday, Ram. Um, <laughs> you Matter know, of time. I, well, it just, it just, you, don't have, you don't have those worries, right? Like the, the, the ability to live a life, and this is the stupid thing. We talked about lifestyle inflation on Friday. The ability to live a life where you're like, you know what? I'm always, again, can't give any guarantees, right? Which is stupid, but I'll say it. With, with the appropriate disclaimers, I will always be okay from here. Mm. I'm never going to be in a situation where I can't meet my basic needs and my family's basic needs. That, that, is, that, that offer, as you said, mate, it, it, only for the last 150 years have we even had the opportunity to do that as average okay. people, less than that, probably 50 years, 70 years. Mm. The, 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 uh, I don't mean blessing in a religious sense. The blessing of that, the, the, the stupid... Everyone in history would have, would have, literally right back to kings and queens, would have swapped their eye teeth mm-hmm. to be able to say, you mean I can work hard? put aside a little bit of money, yeah, maybe I've got to spend a bit less on, on exciting things. And then the payoff is, I will be fine for the rest of my life, no matter effectively what, okay? No promises, no absolutes, because it's just stupid, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is get too many bucks and you, yeah. <laughs> if you're with financial trouble with too many bucks, you're doing something wrong, right? So mm-hmm. the ability to say, oh, I've made it, I- I'm okay. That is, that, is, that is such a huge, huge unprecedented opportunity um focus on that as well just you know, get, get to that point you know get to the point where you're like that's that means i'm good i don't have to try to my silly buggers i just want to get there safely don't risk the chance of not getting there get there go oh thank god made it that that is just an amazing 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 opportunity
0: work work hard for your money and then get to you a point where your money
1: yeah works hard for it honey <laughs> Sorry, back for those work hard
0: for the fun. money and then and then get to a point where the money works hard for you Oh, it's a bumper to in that. And there you go, and and that and then you 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 will then be able to live your life to whatever. <laughs> you know i mean and, and that's not about it's not about driving ferraris and buying yachts and all that stupid stuff it's <laughs> honestly it's not going to make you happy Um rich people are miserable as, as the rest of us but it does it will bring you a level of uh, freedom in your life to sort of have control over your time which is the most scarce asset of all and and i think if it, you just said it so love so eloquently is that you know you're in a position now as you are uh, you know firmly in middle age, if I can say that, as cause yep. we're the same age. but I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bestowed upon you from a trust fund or anything like mm-hmm. that. You just mm-hmm. studied hard, you worked hard, you were born in a very fortunate situation with good genes in a good country. so let's not forget the luck element there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you, you you did the unremarkable for a very consistent amount of time, which you just spend less than what you earn. Put some into some good investments and sat on your bum. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you're in, and Now you're in. Now you're able to sort of boast of this situation. I'm not. I don't even. I hope that doesn't sound critical. I mean it in a very flattering way, mm. and it's achievable to anyone. I think.
1: Yep. I um. Let, let's flog this dead horse one more time. I'm going to read something I've read before. I'll read it again. I don't even apologize. Uh, Is a John Bogle uh, paragraph quote. Here's how I recall the wonderful story that sets the theme for my remarks today. At a party given by a billionaire on Shelter Island, the late Kurt Vonnegut informs his pal, the author Joseph Heller, that their host, a hedge fund manager, had made more money in a single day than Heller had earned from his wildly popular novel Catch-22 over its whole history. Heller responds, quote, Yes, but I have something he will never have. Enough. <laughs> End quote. Love it.
0: Motley full Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener.
1: Let's move on, mate, to a question from Alex I uh, mentioned before. He says, hi, Scott and Ram. I've got a question for the podcast machine. I'm telling you, Ram, they love the podcast machine. It's catching on. My question is in relation to short sellers Alex. I've noticed two of my stocks, JB Hi-Fi and Pilbara Minerals, are on the list of the top 10 most shorted stocks. But I'm unsure of the impact that this will have. I assume when someone shorts a stock, this lowers the share price as they are selling into the market. And when they close out the short position... This increases the share price as they are required to buy back the stock. Therefore, does this mean once there is a significant amount of short sellers already in a position, that there's an amount of demand for the stock waiting to be purchased at some point? How does the, in- the amount of short sellers on a stock impact your analysis of the company? Keep up the great work. Fool and straw man on. <laughs> Alex. It's good question, hey? Yeah, it is.
0: We all think about it. Um, I don't... I mean... We think about it, and then, and then you reach a point. We think, yeah, let them have their fun. <laughs> I, I, zero. I, uh, I'm just checking now, actually, where it is. So, that's some. Uh, there's a company called Nanosonics. They make mm-hmm. a nano nebulant uh, disinfecting machine that sort of helps yes. with uh, ultrasound probes. Really cool business. By the way, these guys have got so much cash and no debt. Like they, they're just mm-hmm. such a rock solid balance sheet that it's just. Very difficult to conceive of them ever, ever needing to ever getting into any kind of trouble. Anyway, I'm not trying to shill for Nanosonics here, but um, that was one of the most shorted stocks on the market for a time there. And I remember yeah, me right. and some friends who we've got some shares. Like, what's going like? Because I, I, I'm very interested in the person that a, that disagrees with me, and I'm I'm very I'm like this is it's almost a religion at this point to me. Um, I, I I I want to understand the bear thesis. And I want to really take it seriously and I might dismiss it and, and ultimately you're going to have to, otherwise you'd, you'd never invest in anything. But, but if, if I, if I can't dismiss it, well, I know that I'm probably wrong and I'll, I'll get out, but I really want to, I want to think that through. And for the life of me, I could not understand like, what is the thesis? The only thesis I could come up with was the short thesis was it's a bit overvalued. And there was some truth to that. But it's also a company whose top line's growing very strongly. Is anyway, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to start shilling for it. But I just ignored it, and you know what? Company is just fine. <laughs> it's absolutely just fine, and I can still see it now yep. as on yep. the list of 100 most shorted stocks. I don't know what those dudes are thinking. And I say dudes because they're dudes, right? They're, they're Kens. They're not Barbies, and and they are. You've said that, haven't you? Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's it's really good. Said it. I oh yeah it's good a, okay. uh, I don't want to oversell it you know it's it's a it's a money grab from Mattel but you know it's, it, it was it was done well it was done well um but uh yeah so uh, let me let me summarize that ramble much more eloquently take notice of it absolutely mm-hmm. ask try and discover what is the 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 thesis here take it seriously um and and if if it doesn't shake your conviction then ignore it and if it does then then sell but remember this too so many of these short we, for some reason people think that people on the long side make mistakes all the time but people on the
1: short side are always
0: right and Like yeah, no. true.
1: Well, that's the fear and greed thing, right? Like, yeah. we know psychologically we feel the, the loss of, uh, we, feel, we feel the pain of loss three times yep. the joy of a gain of a similar size. So, we're, we're predisposed to thinking the long, people who are long, in other words, people who own the stocks are Pollyanna and always they're trying to talk their book and they're, they're, they're probably not very, you know, they're not very thoughtful. All of a sudden, there's negative people like, but what about, what about, you're like, oh yeah, they, they must be right because they're asking critical questions.
0: No, nah, doesn't make it doesn't make any any sense a lot of the time, you know. And it's it's sort of and don't forget too that they're, they're playing a different game. So I'm playing this game of trying to own a small piece of a you know company that over the coming decades will will have good years and bad, but will continue to compound its earnings. These people might be going. I think in the next three months the share price is going down. It's, same stock, same share market, totally different game, you know? I'm playing basketball, yeah, they're yeah. playing ice hockey. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it makes, it, it, it's sort of like irrelevant. Now, yeah. if we want to have a, a discussion around a three-month mm-hmm. time frame, we can have a discussion around that. But I just don't I want to because I can't do that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> what? you know, just ignore, ignore it. So, I don't. you know, I, I wouldn't say just comp- anytime you see a company very high on the short list that, you know, just it's always stupid. Well, mm-hmm. Maybe it's not. But but at the same time, don't assume that it's always right either.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's right. Look, I, I I'm going to traverse similarish ground, but um, with a little bit of a little bit of a difference, Alex. Um, I think so. So you asked some specific questions. Let me let me talk to those quickly. Um, when someone short stock, this lowers the share price. Yes, relative to what it otherwise would have been because there's an extra seller in the market and supply and demand means overall, you know, if there's five buyers and five sellers, six seller turns up, it's probably going to put downward pressure on the share price. It's going to be at a point in time and it's going to be a very small impact unless they're a massive, big, you know, institution or something. So yes, technically it has downward pressure. When they have to buy it back at some point, is it going to put upward pressure on the price? Yes, technically, at some point, they're going to buy back the shares. And so that's going to put some small upward pressure on the price. Where I would, I, and I agree with Ram's point on short sellers, but I will just say very quickly that um, putting downward pressure on the share price at a buck and then putting upward pressure on the share price if they're right and the shares have already fallen to 10 cents is not going to save you. And you shouldn't think about the impact of those marginal buyers or sellers on any long-term thesis. If they're right, the, the price will fall. And so at the point where they're going to buy it back, they'll sell it a dollar, buy back at 10 cents. They've made their money and their impact on the share price is of zero consequence to you as an investor. You're still going to get handed your backside. Similarly, if they're wrong, it's completely irrelevant. The share goes from a dollar to two dollars. Maybe it was would have been a dollar one. Maybe it's now going to be a dollar ninety nine. Um, but, you know, the, the, the net impact is going to be that the company, uh, as always, over any long period is going to, well, not absolutely, but almost certainly going to um, dictate the, the share price movement, right? So just keep that in mind. Don't get too clever or caught up in the mechanics of the short sellers. Um, in terms of how does the amount of short sellers on a stock impact your analysis? Two ways. Firstly, um, I, want to, I want to make sure I'm not wrong. Uh, the more people who hate something, the better the chance they might be right. So just, just you know, think about it, right? Why are they short Pilbara? Why are they short JB Hi-Fi? I don't know the answer to that specifically, but if a lot of people are saying, hey, we think JBI Fire is too expensive, we think Pilbara is too highly priced, well, t- take, a very, take a very serious look at that and just ask yourself whether you think they're right. And again, think about why the short sellers do it. So there are some short sellers out there who are all about looking for frauds. Just, just straight out, this company's a fraud. I'm going to short it because when the fraud's discovered, it goes to zero. Okay? Others who say that company looks a bit too expensive. It might be a little bit cheaper at some point. I'm happy to make a small margin on a, on a drop of 10 or 15% in the share price over a short period of time. Now, we know that volatility does that anyway. We're talking about Berkshire on Friday. You could have made money shorting Berkshire at certain times. You would have had backside hand to you over any extended period, but you could have made some money. Now, were you lucky? Were you smart? Did you get your timing right? I don't know, but. You know things happen, so it's possible. By the way, also for short-term short sellers to make money and long-term, uh, you know, holders to make money because yeah. the, the time frames are different. So also also be mindful of that. Um, last thing I would say is just, uh, it's, it's, it's actually a, it's a version of the blast point I make, which is just remember your time frame is different to their time frame, and your thesis might be different to their thesis. Um, we talked about Kogan drink. Um, I, you know, it, it went from twenty five to two dollars something, now back to six dollars. So who's right? Well, depends on when and why and, you know, how long you held and when you bought and all that kind of stuff. Um, if you're a long-term investor, if you believe in the long-term story of the company, unless the short sellers are saying over five years, this is a dud, they're almost certainly not because they're paying, they're, they're borrowing money to do this. So they're paying for the privilege. They're not going to be there forever unless I think it's going to absolutely zero. So just also be, be a little bit careful of that. Um, there are some short sellers who are absolutely right and short sellers who are absolutely wrong. Um, just as, as you said, Ram, you know, there are people who go long. I hate the, I hate the kind of jargon, but you know, people who own the shares who are right and wrong for, for different reasons as well. Um, how does it impact my analysis? doesn't at all. I, I consider the case, but I consider every bear case anyway. Why could I be wrong? Um, if a lot of people think I'm wrong, maybe I'm a little more cautious to make sure I'm right or understand why they think they're right. But otherwise, mate, it's it's irrelevant. If I think it's cheap today, it's going to be worth more in five or 10 years time. Then I'm going to fill my boots. If I, you know, if, if I don't believe it, then I'm not going to go near it. One of the f- more famous examples I can
0: think of is WiseTech. Um, so they do yeah, great example. Cargo Wise they do logistics software. Really interesting yeah, yeah. business, by the way. But th- I remember reading the short report, and they made some good arguments. You know, because the accounting, the the accounting was pretty um, fuzzy, and there wasn't any smoking guns in there. But mm-hmm. there was a lot of sort of th- this is a business that's grown largely through acquisition. And whenever businesses go through acquisition, there's more scope for funny buggers stuff to sort Mm -hmm. of happen and really high profile examples of that. Anyway, it was a compelling case. It was a big high profile company. And I just thought, Oh, while you were talking I might just look that up again anyway it's at an all-time <laughs> record high wouldn't you know it Right? oh <laughs> there you go uh, I don't own shares and I'm not yeah. trying I think it's probably pretty expensive but anyway it, it's an interest. it's an interesting yeah. point but for the yep. time there it was all over the AFR and everything right, and right, right. you know the CEO's coming no 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 we're all okay and <laughs> what was it there was another one more recently too I want to say which was pretty high profile um, oh, anyway they, know, they, they come out from time to number. time Just, yep. just yeah
1: don't, yeah, don't they do. I think it. that, and that you, you're right, man. That that's. And by the way, some are right. People shorted admire and we're absolutely right. So oh, again, yeah. don't don't ignore them. They're, they're not always wrong. Um, it's not. And it's not. A, it's not the longs versus the shorts, right? It's it's just smart analysis. And if yep. you sometimes, uh, you know, I, I, I will say, for what's Alex, I don't own Pure Mineral because I'm not sure the value is obvious. Now, maybe I'm wrong, and that's cool. I don't own JB Hi-Fi either. I own Harvey Norman. We've talked about that before. We've recommended JB Hi-Fi. So I'm I'm you know I, I'm I'm with the short sellers on one, and with the with the the longs on the other. Um, not, not, not that I'm shorting Pilbara, by the way, but you know, th- there's a group of people out there who believe different things. They think retail's going to suck and JB Hi-Fi's profits going to fall. And here's the other thing, by the way, when you think about the market mechanics, I think it's very possible JB Hi-Fi's share price fall. They could be absolutely right because mm. the market might say, "Oh my God, there's a six-month downturn. This is terrible for JB Hi-Fi. We're going to sell the shares." Now, for me, I'm, so, I'm like, well, "Cool, I'll, I'll buy them then." If mm. I own them now and, I, and they drop, well, that kind of sucks, but I don't really care because I think in five years' time they'll be much higher. That, that's my Harvey Norman thesis to a T. Now, mm-hmm. those who are shorting Harvey saying the share price might fall in three months' time, I don't know, well, maybe it might, yeah. I'm not saying it will. Mm. If I knew it will, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy the shares. But mm. it's just I don't actually care. And if they're right, then good luck to them. But over time, I think I'm going to be right because I'm going to hold them for an extended period of time and recognize the markets, uh, what I think will be, the realization that it was wrong, that the long term was actually more valuable than the current share price assumes. So you can both be right, and that's the other thing. So I don't, I don't tend to, to knee jerk based on what they think, or even if they are right in the in the, in the short to medium term.
0: Here's a little interesting stat. Uh, right now, <laughs> according to shortman.com, dot there, oh. um, the, there is dot au. there is twenty four, one two three billion dollars worth of stock shorted across the top one hundred stocks right now. Okay, uh, it's about on average hasn't about where it's been for the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh interestingly enough, twenty percent of that is for the big four banks. I mm. don't I I I don't I don't know leave that there. I don't <laughs> make any comment on that, but that's yep. it's interesting.
1: Yeah. Yes, um, <laughs> he's thinking. Do
0: I no, uh, yeah, remember or not? Correct. No, I'm, I'm going to move on. I think.
1: Um, yeah, smart. Okay. Smart. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, okay. Let's go to a question from actually the Vasper anonymous. Well done on this occasion. If you use my question, please withhold my name. Says our anonymous questioner. Yeah, well, I will do exactly that. Um, so I'm currently a currently subscriber to Share Advisor, whose recommendations are currently beating the benchmark. Well, they are. Thank you for mentioning that. I find the podcast is interesting listening, especially. The Sunday Mailbag. The Friday one is also interesting particularly when you touch on topics that can help us understand how to assess a typical company's financial strength and growth prospects in the current environment as you did in your pre-recorded ones. We're gonna try and do a little bit more of that. Andrew, I've already talked a little bit about, yeah. the hardest part is make the audio friendly guys, cause you know, look, it's like talking about a company's gross margins, trying to keep that in mind, we'll talk about then the growth opportunities and talk about the, the kind of concepts and, and the numbers get muddy really fast. So making it audio friendly is gonna be our, our challenge, but we will try and take up that challenge and see how we go. Um, look, the first question you ask Speaking of audio, uh, you're comparing the, the capital gains treatment on two stocks, and it's a really difficult, complex question. I'm, I'm going to skip that one, Mister Anonymous. Um, it's it's very long indeed. If if this and then that, and if that, but this happens, then what would happen here? Uh, it's really hard to follow that on on, uh, on audio. So I'm going to skip that if if you don't mind. But here is the here's the second question. One of the ways of improving one's investment results says our anonymous or ask our anonymous questioner is to learn from one's mistakes. So you avoid making the same mistakes in future to prevent history repeating itself with another company. As we've heard many times on The Motley Fool, quoted by Peter Lynch, he says, you are likely to have a positive investment journey if six out of every 10 investments perform well. You'll perform even better, says our questioner, if the other four out of 10 are atrocious or if you see the writing on the wall for the poor investment early before it really tanks. The Mailbag is a free podcast, therefore, I'm not suggesting you share some of your winners or buy recommendations, but rather to share some of your losers and the lessons learned from having selected them in the first place. As well as the companies that are still considered buyers on the ShareAdvisor scorecard, there are several who have been recommended buyers in the past and then changed to sell at either a profit or a loss. Some of the reasons may or may not include, and you go through a list here, the companies have been subject to a takeover offer, the original thesis has been broken, there was risk the company itself may fail, the share price was unreasonably high given the future prospects, the business was low quality or decreased in quality and or the company's business now seems unlikely to provide market-beating returns. Uh, he then gives a list of stocks that have done uh, a bit ordinarily. It talks about your uh, time at Dividend Investor, Andrew, back in the day for those who remember. Uh, hmm. Maybe you could have, couldn't have foreseen where the company's journey would take it, he says. Maybe the balance of risk to reward was too great. Maybe there were red flags at the time of buying that in hindsight you can now see maybe red flags just developed over time etc cetera, etc cetera. uh he said apart from making comments about any of these companies and you could also comment about any recommendations that didn't work out from his time running dividend investor so let's go to that let's go to that question made of lessons from winners and lessons from losers in particular can you think of a couple of examples made of of lessons you've learned from from holding and then either selling or not selling a losing stock
0: yeah oh gosh yeah i mean i will preface it by saying that there are several many examples of, <laughs> of investments that have lost money but that i don't regard as a mistake <laughs> and that that sounds like i'm, yep. I'm going to try and tie, tie myself in knots trying to rationalize how i'm not really an idiot <laughs> um and, <laughs> okay so i i get i get how this is going to come across but there are <laughs> i think when you have a very good process as an investor and if you are a good investor you have a good process it's sort of axiomatic right like it's it's it is a probabilistic game and you can have all these heuristics that you apply and you know that they just don't work. It's just not going to work a hundred percent of the time. So just very broadly, you know, I, I only invest in companies with, uh, I'm not saying this is me by the way, but just to, just as paint out example, uh, n- no debt have, uh, profitable and have shown uh, growth in earnings, uh, each and every year over the last five years and a return on equity above 10%. I'm just pulling numbers out here. Right. And over time that's worked for me pretty well. Seven out of tens I've, seven out of ten times Mm. i've been right let's say Mm. and then i do it again and it checks all the boxes Uh, uh, yep does that does that does that does that check and i do it Mm. and then it doesn't work out was that a mistake Mm. actually no i don't i don't think it is a mistake that is that is me flipping a loaded coin knowing that it's not guaranteed to land on it might be 70 percent chance of landing on heads but doesn't mean it's going to be every single time Correct, correct so if it lands on tails and then lands on tails again and then lands on tails again do i Take my mm. bat and ball and go home. No, I just keep flipping because because the odds are in my favour. So that's mm. not a mistake, right? Does that does that make sense? Mm. Um, what mm. is a mistake is when you um, when there is absolutely no objective reason mm. to mm. continue to flip that coin or yep. to continue to hold that. Yep. And and there are I've also got lots of examples uh, for this. one. Well, these are the ones. These are the ones that 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 um, are far more um, relevant. Mm. Um, Oh geez, what can I look at? Collection House was a big mistake Oof, for me. Yeah, me uh, retail Food Group. Retail Food
1: Group. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thorn Group. Uh, this is Radio Rentals. Back mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, uh, and and the mistake that I made here was that I didn't. I I think the thesis in all of these was clearly broken, or at least it wasn't to a point where I could, with high conviction, say that it was still on track. Mm. And and my investment started off reasonably well formulated but then crept towards one of ego preservation and wishful thinking right. because i wanted it so badly not to be a mistake and i would mm-hmm. buy more and i would bury my head in the stand <laughs> and then i would go oh i know it's really bad mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. now the shares are down 50 percent; it's in the price and i can rationalize it. and i and i've i've done that a few times yeah. so i'm trying to get better i'm a pretty good buyer um but i'm a pretty bad seller i need to get i need to get better at selling. And and I say that with someone who's very intentionally a long-term buy and hold and ideally hold forever kind of investor. But the reality is, is that things don't always work out, and I need to better recognize that and mm. and you know take it behind the shed and, and put a bullet in it when, <laughs> when that when that's the case yeah, because yeah. because there's no point. In, in the, and I've often said too, when those things happen, I can always buy back in, right? I, I don't I don't I don't have to say that that's forever if I have lost conviction. And, and it just just doesn't stack up anymore. I, I can do that. So I think, mm-hmm. I think those are the mistakes. The mistakes being um, that I, I, I shifted my thinking. And I think this is always worth doing. Before you buy anything, write out why you're gonna buy it. I like this right. company because I think the earnings of this company are gonna be more in the future because these are the milestones I'm gonna look for on the way. Not that next quarter it's going to have 3.267 cents earnings per share. None of that nonsense. But directionally, this is kind of what I'm looking for. And you'll come across all kinds of examples like, mm, that's just not, this is not, it's, it, it might change and pivot at some point and get better, but it's just clearly not. And when that happens, mm-hmm. sell. And then come back and 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 dust yourself off. And I think that, that is a much, yeah, that's a much better approach.
1: Yeah, I like that, mate. Um, I'm going to echo what you said at the beginning around what is, what is a mistake and what's not a mistake. I have said this before. I actually routinely tell the team at the Motley Fool, rather than, hey, learn from your mistakes, what I say more often is don't learn the wrong lessons. Yeah. The, the thing that causes you to lose money on an investment may well be stupidity, hubris, uh, bad analysis, bad luck, right? So those things are possible. It's also possible the thing that makes you lose money is the very thing. So let's, let's pick two... <laughs> let's rub my nose in something for a second, right? Let's say... I bought Kogan at $6.50, so I'm still underwater. But I bought Amazon at whatever the price was when I bought it. I'm don't know. I'm up, i yeah, I'm up reasonably well. So now, if I'd bought Kogan first and lost money, would I have not bought Amazon subsequently? Maybe. Mm-hmm. If I'd said, ah, oh, the mistake here is don't buy online uh, retailers that have a high PE early mm-hmm. in their growth period. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yep. Now, conversely, uh that's possible as you mentioned retail food group collection and others to also just be dead wrong so but but my key my, so the first thing i would say is don't beat yourself up too much about the losers as long as you have a an investment approach that gives you enough winners and that six out of ten you absolutely have already referenced to go with it because that's where the the, the prize is right so um I, I reread good to great recently the business book right and oh, yeah one of the things they talk about is putting your people on your biggest opportunities not your biggest problems yes now, I'm not a swing for the fences growth investor. I'm not saying, put me in every possible idea, hope one of them comes off. That's not, not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is you wanna maximize your winners and repeat the process that gives you your winners rather than trying too hard to avoid the losers. And I get that for some people that feels hard to take because every loser sucks. And I even get in the question where you said, hey, you know, um, cut, your winners early, cut your losers earlier. Now, again, could I have sold Kogan at 15 rather than wait until we got to three? Yeah, sure. But equally at that point, if I'd sold it then and said, okay, I'm finally out, I would have missed the return back to six. So again, what was the right strategy? Now we won't know until the fullness of time. Maybe it never gets back to 25. Or maybe it goes to 50. In which case, selling at any point, you know, yes, I would have sold at 15, bought at three. Hindsight, it's all 20, 20, I could pick the eyes out of it in hindsight. But if I'm right overall about some of this stuff, trying to cut the losers to it has also been a big mistake. Some of the most, some of the, uh, how do I put this best? We've made a lot of money for our members by holding on to stuff that's down and letting it recover. Not because we're waiting for it to get back to its previous price, not because we're trying to anchor to anything, just because we're, hang on, we bought it at six, now it's three, I reckon it's worth more than three. Just because I was down 50%, it sucks, hate it, right? Members don't like it, I don't like costing a member's money, it sucks. But holding on and letting it go from three back to five, even if they got back to six, was still a 60% return on that money. If they'd sold, where else would I have found a 60% return? Maybe somewhere, maybe nowhere. So just be careful about thinking about winners or losers, because it's really, once you start to contextualize your investments in the context of where the price has been, you start to fall foul of those behavioral traps we talked about earlier, and we've talked about repeatedly. It's completely, completely, completely irrelevant. Now, if I've made mistakes, I want to know what those mistakes were. So why did the shares fall? Was it something I did wrong? What did I get wrong? Absolutely, I want to know that. Mm. But just be a little bit careful. You don't start by saying, this was a loser. How do I avoid more of these losers in the future? What you want to say is, I got did, was my thesis wrong in the movement of the price. Firstly, is the price movement justified? So, in the case of retail food group, yes, the business fundamentally screwed up. There is, there is, this is not the market saying temporarily this is worth less, right? This is a four dollar stock now at seven cents, right? There was mm. something fundamentally broken about the business, and that's a lesson to learn. But not just because the shares are down. You want to learn lesson because the business's profitability failed. So, I would, I would start by saying, look at the business, not the, not the share price. And then look and see if there's anything about the business itself you can identify that costs you money uh, that you can avoid next time, and things like a crappy business. Okay, well that's easy. <laughs> there there are no winners that have crappy businesses, or if there are, they're just fads you got lucky on a share price. So just be careful there. Not, you know there there are business related issues you can absolutely identify and say I won't buy a business unless I believe X to be true, or this was wrong, or this was bad, or I didn't look at this, or I missed that idea or that possibility. Um, just be careful not to not to. As I said not, not not for my ego, not for your ego, for your money, for your wallet. Don't 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 avoid the the losers and cost yourself the winners in the process.
0: Um, the other thing I want to add to is that the, uh, I've said this before, and it's so true for me mm. at least is that the, the big regrets uh, aren't the ones that lost me money; they're the <laughs> ones that made me money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 I say that because I made money on them, actually, pretty good money. Yeah. Um, but I cost my the opportunity cost was insane because I I, I, I never go bro taking a profit is the old mm-hmm. adage you know and I, I I I I bought something it went up you know a, a lot and and then I look back and go you know what if I never did anything I would so so when answering this question while you were talking I opened up my share site. Which <laughs> just sort of tracks my portfolio. Uh, I've given this example before, but I just, I don't know why I do this to myself, but just to make <laughs> other people feel better. Uh, September 5th, 2014, oh dear. I bought oh dear. two and a half grand of Prometicus nice. at 90, 94 cents. And the 31st right. of October, I bought a bunch at 86 cents, 2,300 nice. units. And then in February of 2015, I, I averaged up. There's a good lesson, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing everything right here. By averaging up is is sometimes a really smart thing to do. And I paid, uh, I bought six thousand four hundred and fifty three shares at a dollar fifty. I bought ten grand back at that, that point in time. Right, a double, nearly the price that uh, when I um, bought it at eighty six cents, mm-hmm. and because of the conviction it had grown. Now, if you add all that up. Now, now, what I also did was, and then in 2017, I sold some at 450 and then in 2018, I sold some at $12, and then in 2019, I sold some at $17. You know, mm. By the way, it's worth $70 a share now, right? If I had never done anything, that would be worth almost $800,000, yeah, right. Now, you ask me what I regret. You ask me what my <laughs> mistakes are. That is a mistake, oh, right? Yeah. And and I and I say that as a genuine mistake because there was nothing fundamentally wrong with the business. In fact, if anything, over that since 2014, the business has strengthened. It's gone from a yeah. relatively early yeah. stage company to one that's a completely different animal than than it was mm-hmm. then. In fact, it mm-hmm. was more expensive, but on a risk-adjusted basis, it got better and better and better. Actually noticing here, I did something in, in March of 2020. I bought a whole bunch at fifteen (laughs) fifty, right? right. Remember COVID? Remember that? It was like everything just like oh, I did the right. Hey, I I bought. I bought. I bought five grands worth of shares then and subsequently sold at uh, $40. Like, you know, God, I'm an idiot. Like if there's it, the, the, and you, you say like, what are the things you need to sort of learn again and again before you finally get it? I, well, I haven't finally gotten it yet, but I'm saying it out loud for my own sake as much as anyone else's, is that when you have a very high quality business and the market throws its toys out of the cot and you have an opportunity to buy it, mm. do mm. it. And if it gets a little bit expensive, that's okay because that is, it, we we're talking about Berkshire before, right? On, on Friday. Like, for God's sake, if you had sold that every time that got to a record <laughs> right. high, exactly. all you've done is cost yourself money. So, oh, I mean, yeah. you, know, you wouldn't yeah. do it for a little thing. And this is just a pretty ordinary company. It's just do it cheap. I'm going to buy it. And mm. one day mm. the market rec- that. That's different. Super, super, super high quality. Buy. And just get out of the damn way, you idiots! <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> oh, there's,
1: there's something to be said, you know, for all of the all of the mistakes stuff. I, I'm, I've said so many times, the, the you know, there's difference between technically good advice and good advice with good outcomes, right? So the idea of like, you know, what what should you do? Um, technically, there are there's this rule, that rule, the other rule, the rules you're likely to follow, though. the the, the, the strategy, the the financial plan is likely to end up with the best result is important. Mm. I'm really not entirely sure. That I should not have sold no companies ever. You know, for me and for our members. If I if I look at... If I'd never sold a single share of stock uh, for me or for our members in our services, I'm not entirely sure we wouldn't have more money now. <laughs> and 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 largely because... I've said this before, you know, you've, you've mentioned my, my kind of favorite of, you know, I'm slow to buy and slower to sell. Mm. Um, yeah, if I love I, that. If, I'm, if I'm right more often than not when, when it comes to the quality of the businesses... I don't know, mate. Like, to your point about the stuff you've sold, you know, I've, I've made the same mistake with Domino's. It was eight and I sold it at 13 or something. And now it's 40, which is nice. Got 140 at some point. Um, you know, the lost opportunity there. If I just if I just said, you know what? I'm going to buy quality business and let them do their thing and, mm. and add more money to other business or the same business when I've got the opportunity, but I'm never going to sell. Again, technically, should it be, should you say you lose it? Yes. If there's a crap company, should I sell it? Yes. Should I sell retail food group? Yes. Should I sell collection house? Yes. Um it would have you know i would have lost more money had i not sold them but the amount of money i lost versus the amount of money that i would have made if i held on the other ones that i sold too early i'm just still not entirely sure that i shouldn't have just gone you know what buy it and just let them do their thing and and you know go with that again it's it's to your point about simple and, and buffett's thing right it sounds too simple to be true um you know, shouldn't you, shouldn't you try and trade this thing and sell this and buy it that and sell this and buy it that? Yeah, in, in a perfect world, sure. But given my own human fallibility and everyone's human fallibility listening right now, would I have been better to buy and never sell? I think so, yeah. Um, will it be true in future? I don't know, maybe not. Maybe i get smarter. Hopefully i get smarter. But I'm not entirely <laughs> sure.
0: I'm actually, interesting, I just add up all the stocks that I've ever bought through mm-hmm. through this structure, which is coming up on my 10-year anniversary, actually, in November. Okay. Um uh, it's almost exactly six out of 10 that have done well. And in fact, it's 43% of the companies I've bought in the last 10 years have lost money. <laughs> some of them spectacularly <laughs> Urbanize, Oh man, what a dog's breakfast that was. Austin Engineering. <laughs> oh, you know, like there's, there's some real crap. There's just so much crap in there, but uh, you know, the, the average is really decent. I want to say it's, it's actually too decent. That'll, that'll mean revert to something more st- standard lately. But I mean, it, like that is, I... I I say that because I think too often I see people shaken out mm. of investing because they have a few bad experiences. That's you know, really true too. You know, when yeah. it's just like it's absolutely normal and don't take yeah. me for any for goodness sake. You, use Buffett or someone like mm-hmm. that. Like dumb investments all over the place. He'll be the first to tell you about them. Yeah. Um, it's it's normal. So just, you know, roll with the punches, mm-hmm. but but stay invested and and uh, yeah, anywhere near 6 out of 10 is is going to is going to do you very mm-hmm. well.
1: Yeah. Good point. Mate, I reckon on that note, we should wrap up this particular podcast, but not before sharing the way you can get in touch and stay in touch with us. You can go to, let's start with email, info, info, at fool.com.au. If you have a question for the podcast, that's where you can find us, particularly for longer questions, if you don't want to bash it out using the, the phone on Insta or something, uh, info at fool.com.au. You can though communicate with us and follow us on all the other socials. Uh, jump on to, let's go with Rams first, uh, Twitter at strawmaninvest or at sage underscore simeon. What's if what's Twitter? To... I'm not I'm not calling it X, mate. I refuse. <laughs> I'm going to retweet and I'm going to tweet for the rest of my life. I'm not going to, post, repost. Going to repost. God <laughs> help. Tell you what, talk about taking a brand and trashing the whole thing. Uh, what about d- uh, anyway? anyway yeah. Let's not, let's not yeah, start. Disaster. Uh, Twitter uh, at sage underscore simeon at strawmaninvest. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter or Insta or threads at TMF Scott P or The Motley Fool at The Motley Fool AU or Facebook uh, facebook.com forward slash Scott Phillips money uh, do that grab the um, jump on at least one of those to uh, to do yourself a favor grab the Vanguard index chart get it from their website by the way but um, if you want to do it, make it easier do that uh, otherwise Google Vanguard index chart hey um, will you come back on Friday mate? Oh, I'd love to try and stop me I have a, I have a job for you Okay. I'd like you to come up with a four-word answer to the question of what is strawman.com dot Do you can do that for four, me? Four words.
0: I can do that. I'll, I'll, yeah, <laughs> I'll give it a go. let see how you go.
1: Until next Friday, listeners, if you want to have a guess, you can you can try and imagine what Andrew might say. See if you can see if you get roughly right. We'll see how we go. Other than that, full on. Cheers. <laughs>